you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you, folks. We certainly hope this finds you all well and in the arms of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Right across from me, Kevin Robb, uh, missionary extraordinaire. What's going on, Kevin? Man, I'm living the dream. Love serving God. Love doing it uh, on the road. Love helping people with PTSD. Love helping military, getting on these bases wonderful he just loves stuff folks and uh, i'm glad about that so we've got a riddle for him before we do anything else we gotta take care of the fourth grade christian school level riddle all right and uh so it says what did zachariah do when he and elizabeth had disagreements oh so zachariah is the one that wrote with a uh like on, on a slate so uh, i would say he um Shut his mouth and wrote it down. Very, hey, I'm giving it to you, brother. I, I'm, I'm throwing that one your way right there, man. Uh, he gave her the silent treatment, so uh, he wrote things down. So he wasn't, he wasn't one to do the speaking. So I, we're giving that to Kevin. You know, I, I think he's got two in a row now. Maybe, maybe th- three out of four this week. week. Things are. This is a good week. Things are starting to happen. You know, maybe he's ready to go back to Christian school as a fourth grader. <laughs> now remember, folks, September 11th through September 15th, we're at Camp Joy, Wisconsin, Wounded Spirits Camp. Starts September 11th, about five o'clock clock in the afternoon wraps up friday morning after breakfast we want you guys come on come all sign up call mr moore out there today the word of the day the characteristic the junk we go through kevin gave us a precursor of it yesterday uh so we started with flashbacks and we go to nightmares it's kind of a lot of the same right so when you flash back you can flash back in the day you can flash back in the night you can do all those things where you're just sitting around and your mind has this momentary moment and you flash back to something bad that happened to you, something went on. And uh, that's what that's talking about here is those flashbacks. And I've always, you know, when I prayed about that, I dealt with flashbacks and then I've dealt with today's nightmares. And I always tell people when we go to lay down at night, when we're inactive is when those flashbacks show up. When we're sleeping, obviously, is when those dreams, those bad dreams and nightmares show up. And uh, I always tell people cash in on Proverbs 3.24. When thou liest down, thou shalt not be afraid. Yea, thou shalt lie down and sleep shall be sweet. Trust God. In Psalms 4.8, it says, I will both lay me down peace and sleep for thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. So we look for the answers. We look for the safety. We apply God to our lives. Remember that old song, when I see the blood, I will pass. I will pass over thee from the scripture. And uh, when those Hebrew people and, 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 you know, and, and the Egyptians, they just couldn't get it right. So God said, you Hebrew people, put the blood over your doors. If the blood's not over your door, uh, man, anything's open to you. So those people went out there and, and they put the lamb's blood above their doors and the Lord passed over them. We need to apply Jesus Christ's blood above our doors. We need to apply Jesus Christ's blood to our lives. And, and then when we lay down, we're not going to be afraid. Uh, uh, because our sleep is going to be sweet. We trust in his peace, for we know the Lord can give us safety, Kevin, and what a job God does in those areas. Yeah, you know, having having a bad night, 
with dreams and nightmares is <clears throat> it just affects your whole day, affects your whole yeah. life. And it's got to be, you know, I think that God wants to resolve it. Now, on one hand, it's part of life. In fact, there's a scripture that, that says that um, uh, for God speaketh once. This is in the book of Job, chapter 33, verse 14. For God speaketh once, yea, twice, yet man perceiveth it not. In a dream and visions of the night, when the deep sleep falleth upon men and slumberings upon the bed, then thou openest the ears of men and sealeth their instruction, um, that he may withdraw men from his purpose and hide pride from man. So, you know, I tell people, I was just talking to someone the other day, giving them some coaching about some PTSD, and I said, you know what, the, the stuff that you're suffering at night, you know, it's, it's some of it, yes, it's it's Satan. Some of it's just life. You know, it's, it's your brain. There's imprints and so forth. Some of it, you know, we have to acknowledge God and say, Lord, at the very minimum, according to the Scriptures, he is opening the ears of men. So a dream is not actually a revelation like God's word, but a dream is sometimes God kind of waking you up to an idea or waking you, getting you thinking. You know, sometimes we're just stuck on stupid. Sometimes we're stuck on, uh, we're, we're disordered. We're broken. The vending machine is broken down. It's out of order. And um, if we don't have a, a recurrent nightmare or a nightmare sometimes, not that it's a revelation, not that it's God directly speaking to you, but God uses these things to say, hey, this thing that's been bothering you, let me bring it out in your subconscious, subconscious and, and because you're trying to resolve it while you're asleep, let's go ahead and work on resolving that while you're awake. Let's take a biblical approach to something here and see if we can take care of it. So I gave them a little bit of instruction, you know, on how to handle dreams and, and that kind of thing, and uh, and just to take it to the Lord. But, you know, um, we go through these, these kind of things, and um, in fact, you know, Job, he went through such dramatic garbage, and he said at one point, when I say my bed shall comfort me, my couch shall ease my complaint, then thou scarest me with dreams and terrifiest me through visions. Now, he was in the darkness of trauma. God was not trying to terrify him, but he was assigning that to God because he was just in a bad way. And uh, I've been that way. You wake up and say, God, why did you do this to me? You know, you just say, I'm having this bad, bad nightmare. But, you know, I think that, um, you know, bottom line is pay attention to it. Don't blame God, but, but say, Lord, let me resolve this thing. I'm trying to resolve it in vain in my sleep. I'm reliving this, this experience. It's not successful. It's a nightmare. I want to get some help. And, and, and brother, you'll be able to give, I'm sure, some good information on what we can input to help overcome some of the bad stuff that's outputting during the night. Yeah, I got to tell you, friends, it's what you load on at night when you go to bed, that's going to help you with nightmares. It's going to help you with flashbacks. It's about studying God's word. It's about applying mm -hmm. the blood of Jesus Christ to your life, yes. praying, asking God yes. to uh, see the symbolic blood that Christ has shed for you. And uh, that was, that's me. That was me. This is a picture of my life was those nightmares. And you got to give them to God every night. Be careful for nothing, but everything by prayer and supplication. And folks, you got to be prayed up. When you close your eyes at night, be prayed up. 
you know, uh, shut off that TV, do your Bible reading, just lock in. God will help you with those nightmares. God will help you with those flashbacks, and he's glad to do it. That's the merciful, wonderful God we serve. And folks, we continue to move along with the life of Jesus and just learning about Christ and those things and looking at his life and how we can apply it to our lives and oh, how God can make a difference in our lives. We find ourselves in the book of John chapter seven, starting in verse 25, going through 36 today. Then said some of them in Jerusalem, is not this he whom they seek to kill, but lo, he speaketh boldly and they say nothing unto him. Do the rulers know indeed that this is the very Christ. Howbeit we know this man whence he is, but when Christ cometh, no man knoweth whence he is. Then Jesus said in the temple as he was taught, saying, ye both knoweth whence he is. Then cried Christ in the temple as he taught, saying, ye both knoweth me, and ye know whence I am, and I am not come of myself, but he that sent me is true. He whom ye know not. He's just slapping them, saying, you don't even know God. You're studying him. Mm-hmm. Here you are in the midst of it. And uh, But I know him, for I am from him, and he have sent me. They sought that to take him, but no man laid hands on him because his hour was not yet come. And many of the people believed on him and said, when Christ cometh, will he do more miracles than these which this man hath done? The Pharisees heard that. The people murmured such things concerning him. And the Pharisees and the chief priests sent officers to take him. Then said Jesus unto them, yet a little while I am with you. And then I go unto him that sent me. Ye shall seek me and ye shall not find me. Where I am, thither you cannot come. And and Christ is, you know, that some of them are recognizing him right away and saying, he's the Christ. Isn't that the one we talked about? Mm-hmm. Isn't he the Christ we've been mentioning? And uh, boy, the Pharisees don't like it when someone else gets point out, yep. pointed out as being better than some people. People can't take that. It freaks them out. They get more wound up than an eight-day clock. They're like, whoa. Man, this can't be Christ. If this is Christ, we're losing money. And uh, and then he's and then Jesus once True. again he said and, and you know I got to tell you I've known preachers like this folks and I'm not talking out of turn but when someone else comes along who's a little better preacher a little decent more decent of a human being and uh, man it freaks them out they want to hire assistant pastors that are dumber than a box of rocks that'll sit there and do but you give me a godly preacher somebody who loves it when God's word is extolled somebody who gets on their knees and begs down God. Whew, the world can change. Hey, hang with us. We got to do what we got to do. Doug will return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. Glory. Thanks for hanging with us. And Kevin, you know, we look at this great God. People are starting to recognize him. The crowd's starting to say, I think this is the guy. This is Christ. People might be jumping around. People may be setting down their uh, expensive temple stuff. And and Christ is telling them, you know, I'm from heaven. They're starting to realize this might be God. And they're freaked out. Mm. You know, they had been praying for centuries as a nation that the Messiah would come. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. And 
and now he showed up and precious few uh, Zechariah being one and, and Elizabeth and all those, you know, those crowd there in, in early in the book of Luke and Matthew, but uh, they, they received it. But, but the, the leaders, the ones who owned the religion had already decided who, you know, we want someone that's going to make us look good, which is what you were, were pointing out there before. I think it's interesting when Jesus is teaching he in the middle of his lesson. So people are kind of murmuring and saying, you know, that these leaders and, and the Jews are like, do, do the rulers know that this is very Christ? When, when Jesus comes, no one's going to know uh, where, where he's from, you know. And some of them are talking earlier. We read that, isn't he from Bethlehem? You know, but, but this guy's from Nazareth. What, what's this all about? Jesus cried in the temple as he taught, saying, you both know me. So I picture this. People are in the back of the classroom listening, and suddenly Jesus stops the lesson and kind of points and says, you know me. So how in the world did he know what this conversation was in the back of the room? He's, he's more astute than the English teacher in seventh grade, yeah. saying, I can hear what you're saying back there. You're talking about me. But um, I never had one say that. I've had him saying, what do you, what's that buzzing in the back of the class? And it's me and my buddy making gross noises. But <laughs> did gross the girls out. But, but Jesus said, you know me. So he, you know, he's, he basically addressed what they wanted to, to stay secret, and um, he, he called him out on it, and he said, um, you don't know him, but I know him, uh, for I am from him, and he has sent me. And their response to that was, okay, well, we're going to send some people to take you. So if you can hear what we're saying, we can't have a, you know, a closed-door meeting without you knowing what we're talking about, so to speak. Then, uh, then we're going to have you arrested. And it's just kind of about like the federal government gets uh, in times of overreach like we have right now. If all else fails, we'll just have you arrested. You know, Russia, have him arrested. That guy there that, you know, he, did, he stopped applauding before everyone else did, have him arrested. That stuff takes place over there in the uh, communist countries. Uh, and no man laid hands on him because his hour was not yet come. And again, it's just this slimy, this is the way that religion is. This is the way the world is. This is the way narcissists are. They, you know, they, they, they'll plot, they'll plan, they'll manipulate, but they'll lay low. They'll wait for the time when it's the least opposition. And, and folks, that's a sign. That kind of, uh, I'll lie about my opponent. I'll do this. That's not godly. That's that's of the flesh. Yeah. And, uh, boy, I don't want to do it that way. I want to do it like Jesus. He taught openly, and um, and people didn't like it because of it. Yeah, you know, people worry about their territory and their place. You can see it. And, uh, you know, here's these Pharisees running around. You know, they kind of got the market cornered on church leadership, on business in town. They told you what your crops could be, what your farm looked like, what you could do and where you could do it. They were totally in control of all those things. So if you can imagine that all of a sudden their world is rocked, the God they've been praying for, they've been, you know, the hypocrites have been down. Oh, Lord, give us the 
Christ, child. Give us Christ. We're waiting. We're gonna No, you're not waiting because he showed up. Hey, God is on the scene. And uh, so those people get out there and they're all freaky and they're, you know, all of a sudden they're worried about how this is going to face them. And then, you know, people in the crowd are remembering his miracles and stuff. And, you know, many in the crowd believe him. You know, they saw these miracles and stuff and they say, you know, man can't, you can't have a magician do this miracle. You can't have a witch doctor do this miracle. You can't rub things together and burn things and have the hair of an elephant man. I mean, this is real stuff. This isn't joking stuff. This isn't snake oil. And, uh, you know, and as we go on, we're continuing on. Then Christ leaves the area. You know, they could have done anything to catch Christ, but until Christ says they can catch him, you can't catch him. You've got to have God's permission to mess with God. And, uh, mm. and God didn't give them that permission. So how do we apply this? How do, how's this practical to our whole lives? Says, Folks, we serve a great God. And nothing can happen to you that God doesn't allow to happen to you. We serve a great God who can give us the keys to our nightmares, who, who can give us the keys to our flashbacks, who, who can give us the keys to our fear, who can give us the keys to our avoidance. And we, we serve a God whose truth stands uh, for all of us to follow. We stand a God who's standing there with his arms open wide saying, come on home. And folks, the only man-made things in heaven are those holes in his hands and uh you'll mm. see that he is the christ child and and you know kevin so many so many avoid christ because they think it hinders when they don't realize it adds to their lives yes boy that's the um yeah the paradox of of sinners everywhere is that if left alone they will always decide to leave god out of it because they assume incorrectly that Jesus is going to cramp their style. Started in the in the garden, and how easily Satan, just like he's, these Pharisees here, the Pharisees saw that people were murmuring there in verse number thirty-two, and they're like, "Ooh, there's you know, there's a little bit of discontent." I can easily convince them that this man Jesus Christ is not who he says he would be. But Satan came to Eve, and more or less is like, you know what? Um, that restriction. What is that? That that law, you know, you're not allowed to do this this thing, and and Eve's like, oh, well, actually, we can't we can't look at it either. So, you know, she had this. She was beginning to get a little bit of discontent, and 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 Satan capitalized on it. He will maximize the restriction and minimize the liberty of every tree of the garden. Thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you should not eat. So you'll be better off if you're in innocence rather than with the knowledge of good and evil. Oh, that, that you need that. Oh, Satan's like, man, that, that, that restriction is unjust. You, um, are being unduly restricted. And, and the fact is like you were saying, Doug, they had lots of Liberty. It would have been much better for them to live in the Liberty that they were made free with instead of maximizing the, uh, little restriction relatively speaking that god had on them yeah yeah and and we serve a great god and you know i gotta tell you folks there has never been a time in my life when i've been happier where i've been more fulfilled where i have more liberty where i have more freedom yeah. uh where i wake up in the morning with happiness and some people think that there's some kind of chains or shackles put on a man when they accept christ and follow them put on a man or woman well can i tell you there's changing shackles on you until you put on christ and uh, you will never understand what those changing shackles 
miracles do to you until you follow God's perfect will in your life because we serve a great God and he's merciful and he wants to make a difference in your life and he wants to use you. I, I remember years ago when I was in the army, we would watch people that would fight the army. I know that doesn't make any sense. They would go through all kinds of things mm-hmm. to be able to join the army. They would go mm. through the process, they'd go through basic training, they'd go through their AIT, their advanced individual training, they'd get MOS, military occupational specialty qualified, and, and, and then they would show up and say, well, I don't like this rule, they'd fight it, they'd be miserable. And then you look at other people in the Army that says, this makes sense, the Army wants mm. me to wear a uniform, <laughs> they want me to have a haircut, they want me to fit in, they want me to, and it looks like it's effortless for them to go through life yeah. serving in the, and you know those guys, those are the guys and gals that change the army. Those are the guys and gals that the army uses. Those are the guys and gals that get promoted through the ranks. Those are the guys and gals that make a difference in folks. It's no different in God's army. It's effortless. You just trust God. You plug into God. What you plug into is what you get your energy from. Plug into God. Plug into him today, friends. It's a Thursday. It's a better day than any to say, God, I've done enough of this. Do my own stuff. I've done enough do my own plan and I've done enough show up and do this hey folks trust God today say father I'm going to follow you in Jesus name and you know what he'll help you he'll light that path for you folks we sure do love you you better come back tomorrow and uh, we're going to finish up this all right may God bless you thank you for listening to our broadcast at help for wounded spirits we believe the bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.